This episode of the Rad Broadcast is brought to you by Tech2U. Tech2U strives to deliver superior technical services from professional and friendly staff while maintaining their principles of credibility, accountability, and customer service as they grow. With locations all over Northern California, Southern California, and Las Vegas, Tech2U provides in-shop repair, mobile services for residential and business, and remote service provided online. Tech2U repairs everything ranging from printers, scanners, screen repair, motherboards, keyboards, touchpads. They'll even recycle electronics. Visit www tech2u.com that's tech the number two u.com or call 888-340-8324 that's 888-340-8324 for tech2u the rad broadcast thank you pat for joining us on the rad broadcast i appreciate it very much what, what about me? Oh yeah, Rob's here too. Sorry, well, you, you notice he didn't even thank me. <laughs> well, I, I think you're always here. So. Oh, yeah. don't don't be all soft spoken like that. <laughs> oh well, I think that you're always here. Like that. Come on now, <laughs> listen to him. You just get off the beat. Uh, I did just get off of work. Yeah. I am here, fresh out of traffic. Awesome. Yeah. Were you out patrolling the streets? Uh, no, because I know I'm... you have multiple duties. Correct. <laughs> duties. Uh, today I was uh, administrative. I was in the office today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so what uh, what led you to be the the Rad's chief of security? How did how did you meet Rob? Basically. Oh yeah, do you remember the story we met? Was that the golf tournament? Yep. Yep. Yeah, the the, K- uh, canine charity tournament. Yeah, the uh, Sack Sheriff uh, K96 charity uh, golf tournament. So you remember so Officer Beefcake who uh, used to have Ronan? Oh yeah. Uh, and, and Ronan's the the German Shepherd that ran me down. We did a vid- big big video that was like ten years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he so he was like leading the canine uh, charity unit, and he put on this golf tournament and asked us to promote it and be part of it. And uh, Pat was there with another with with obviously a whole bunch the whole sheriff's department was basically there. It's a pretty popular event. And uh, another another listener friend who's also uh, who's also a cop uh, was there and was hanging out with Pat. And so we just met and I mean Pat and I just connected right away. It was it was obvious you were already a listener. Yes. Um, and it was obvious that he had a similar dark, sick sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we bonded over the most. Yes, that was. <laughs> That was the moment. All and then, right. And then I think uh, later, um, through that same friend and his wife, his friends with Don, mm-hmm. and then Gary connected with me, and then we all started bowling together, and that's pretty much... Was bowling first or golf? I couldn't remember. Uh, it was bowling. Was it bowling? Yeah, it was bowling. Okay. Uh, a lot of a lot of people wonder if you're as bad at bowling as, as Rob says. <laughs> I know the truth, but you, you uh, actually get texts, right? When I pick on you, uh, when, it, when we're in league, and I pick on you the next morning, yeah, and, uh, and yell at you for this. Pretty a much any time you slam on me, or you make your <laughs> funny, uh, your uh, your voice you use for me. Uh, How I, I think it's pretty spot on. Do your do your Pat impression. Right? Yeah, man, I can't believe I missed that seven pin. Man, that's a bunch of shit, man. Pretty spot on. Man, I don't sound nothing like that. What you talking about? <laughs> and that's, by the way, that's one of the cool things about about you, Pat, is that you you get what we do and you don't take offense to the over affected voice of you, which is clearly just over the top stereotype. Of, you know, I, with all the issues and stuff that happen in the world, life's it's you get you gotta laugh. You gotta laugh at yourself. You can't take everything seriously. You're seriously gonna beat yourself in the ground doing yeah. that. So, well, especially, especially in your position, especially in the job I do, and in, in uh, you know the current climate with uh, society and towards law enforcement you have to you have to look at the lighter side of things and and i enjoy it i'm uh, sorry just to finish the story because you did ask and we should we should somewhat come clean so so pat uh pat is an extraordinary bowler what 240 is your average uh well Ish, two thirty, two twenty. We'll say two thirty because I finished up at two twenty eight last year so that's his average he average you know three hundred's the best you can do how many three hundreds have you bowled uh, yeah, I mean, you didn't even 17. know 17? Yeah. yeah, and I know you've wow. come close um, dozens of times that I've seen where you've had the first 9, 10, or 11, you need 12 to do it. Right. So that's why that's why I always pick on him the morning after league <laughs> because it's the most funny because it's almost never true. And, in fact, when it is true, when when he does have an off night, that's the morning where I don't pick on him because then that'd be mean. Yeah, Because right. he, he can get a little angry at his bowling, and I, I don't want, want to be part of that 12 hours later poking the bear. You don't want to make that guy. No, no. no. So, yeah, no, the, the bowling thing, it's it. It's, uh, it's all in it's all in fun. I'm the one that sucks completely, so it's okay. <laughs> how long have you been bowling? I started bowling. My dad got me started when I was five. Oh wow! And how old are you now? Forty uh, ish. I just turned forty six. No way. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's right. You are you are uh, just uh, slightly a year younger than me. Yep. Yeah, nine months or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Yep. So I've been bowling a long time, and I pretty much bowled every year up until I was 16. I was able to drive myself somewhere else, <laughs> <laughs> and then I got back into it probably in my early 20s. And, and, and I, ironically, Brandon, uh, Pat, 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 well, he's got a 230 average. He has 17, 300 games. And my average is like what two hundred ish. If you're, I you're two two ten two two ten, but I'm very inconsistent, and I've never bowled a three hundred. And I've also been bowling since I was five years old. So you can see one of us really took to the game, and and one of us does not so much. Well, I, I think that that Pat's got a little more athleticism going for him. Hey, no, hey. that's not necessarily. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you that bowling is just as technical as golf, and if you really want to excel it, you have to study it and. And know all the nuances amongst it, and which I'm sure Rob, it's a hobby for him. Right. It actually is for me too. Um, I, it's fun for me. You know, mm-hmm. it stops being fun that I don't want to do it anymore. So I took it as serious as I could possibly take it, and still have fun with it. And there's some people who you know aren't happy unless they're bowling excellent every night, and that's just not me. We, we make fun of those guys. Yeah, yeah. We love Pat loves poking at those guys when when we're bowling them. I've golfed with a couple of guys like oh, that that God. just take it way too seriously and rush through the game. And if you're not keeping up with pace and you're not staying on the fairway, which you hope to do every time, but these guys were just they were they were rotten. Yeah, club throwing things like oh, that. Oh yeah, and you know we have we're, that's we're, funny though. Yeah, yeah. Watching people <laughs> helicopter a yeah. club is great. Yeah. and and we have our moments on the golf course as well but it's it's like it lasts for a hole or a hole and a half and then if and if somebody in our group when when pat and and dawn's husband and i and whoever else we're playing with uh if somebody's in a funk for more than two holes somebody calls them on it somebody somebody <laughs> says something like hey what, what are we doing here you're not tiger woods for christ's sake right it's here to have fun there's yeah. no green jacket the end yeah. of the, <laughs> end of the day. how big are your balls uh, <laughs> uh, they're average. Yeah, yeah. Same size as their belts. Are we, are we uh, golf or bowling? What, yeah. are, what are we on? I, I was talking about bowling balls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I imagine they're big. They well, all bowling balls are the same size in circumference. Oh, have, oh they have, okay. They have different weights. Well, I didn't know that. Oh, I thought you meant weight, like you knew. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's different weights. The I use the nine pounds. No, you don't. <laughs> most, <laughs> most most children do. <laughs> <laughs> The max weight in bowling is 16 pounds. Okay, so you're, so you're 16. 16 ball. Yeah. No, he, so he throws a 16-pound ball at an average of 25 miles an hour? No, 20, 20 mile an hour is my average strike. 22. Really? 20? 20. It's about 20, 21. Depends on the right. conditions. I, bowl a, I, I throw a 15-pound ball, and I average 15 miles an hour. <laughs> so, a little bit of the difference. Now, that yeah. goes more to the athleticism. There's a slight difference in build, for those who don't know, since it's a, a broadcast and they can't see us. Right. That, you know, where I'm a, I'm a strapping 5'10", 175 soaking wet. You're six four four, four two eighty five. Yeah. Wow, and and almost all meat. No, no, no. There's, there's quite a bit of pie. You pop, and, you pack and, and pie. sugar in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually working on my. Uh, I got Cabo coming up in sixty days. So I'm, oh, I'm trying to countdown an annual yeah. annual Cabo trip. My annual yeah. Cabo yeah. trip. Speaking of Cabo, you go there. How how often have you been going there? This was tenth or twelfth year in a row, and you go there for a specific reason, right? For a specific reason, yeah. It's uh, Sammy Hagar's birthday is October thirteenth, and you guys are best friends. That's we're that's not, how you hang we're out. Not best friends with Sammy Hagar. Now, do you have his texting number? I do not have his phone number. So oh. you have, have somebody's texting number. I have somebody's phone number. I thought yeah. you were at that level. I mean, I know he knows you. He likes you. You guys are friends. You would say uh, you're friends, right? You're- with Sammy? No, he knows me from sight. Acquaintance. Uh, he is very. High level celebrity. He gets taken away with a gets, cape. Yeah. He, well, <laughs> he shows up on on the concerts. He gets his entourage and, oh, and, wow. and takes off. So I've hung out with him backstage with him a few times in the Cabo Wabo Cantina or upstairs in the VIP area. Um, but he keeps himself. He has a giant house on the beach, and he doesn't <laughs> hang out and drink. He goes there and parties and fights <laughs> Emerald and some of the other bam bam <laughs> uh, high level. Uh, celebrities to his house but oh. i'm friends with his bass player which is mike anthony the former bass player for van, ha- van halen that's him and so i are friends awesome. yeah. and we hang out poolside all week that's, that's so, so cool. I, I i get him not that all van halen members are the same but I, that's right i got him confused mike you actually know and do hang out i mike. Yeah, yeah mike anthony and i talk yeah via text he sent me a picture of his new uh Three hundred thousand dollar Mercedes he oh. bought. He's, uh, Probably with cash in his pocket. He's doing all right, but, but he has the most down to earth, greatest guy I've ever met. Especially at that level, it's it, even still to this day. I hang out with him. I go, I'm hanging out with a rock and roll hall of famer. Yeah. Just, just a straight, regular dude. Just a regular guy. His yeah. wife's a regular person. I know his kids. They're just, they're just no different than you and I. Just he has 
economic status is a little bit higher and <laughs> so, he does cooler stuff. So, so you, your training regimen is I've known. How long we've been friends? Are we like eight We're, years? It's, it's probably close to ten years. So my, my wow. so he starts to get into to shape now for Cabo, and but then, not for policing. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Because because at some point we got to talk about how much Pat hates to run as a cop. Oh okay. But right. but uh, you get into shape for Cabo, and then I don't know what exactly you do for sixty days. If you completely let yourself go, but and I don't know if you're going to do it again this year. But then the bitching starts for the bowling team when we get close to the the annual uh, football game versus the firefighters. And he you know Pat he, Pat is he just say he's forty six. Yeah, he's still a cop. But I, I noticed that game the football game's taking a lot more out of you every year physically. If you're limping <laughs> so, and bitching and moaning. What I hate to say is I think last year will be my last year playing. Oh, no way. Are you announcing your retirement? I'll, I'll still be involved because I love doing the media portion and promoting it and what the Pig Bowl stands for and all the charities that help is amazing. It's the longest running charity game in U.S. history. Um, that, that one in SAC. That one in SAC, yes. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I didn't know this that. This will be the 44th can't remember year Damn. consecutive running. I can't remember the numbers. So somebody calls me out on that, but <laughs> it's uh, it's over forty, and we've donated I think eleven million dollars in total over the span oh, that's to awesome. charities, the Shriners Hospitals, a whole bunch of charities. But I'll stay with that portion of it. My body <laughs> is telling me <laughs> to stop hitting twenty year olds <laughs> and playing at this college level ball. Um, at the age of 46, wow. my knees are not recovering the way they are. They um, take it seriously. It's not it's, just flag no, it, football. This is no, this is no joke. <laughs> the coaching level is at a high level. Wow. The expectation is at a high level. The playing energy is at an extremely high level. Um, it is, uh, it's up there. Are there a lot of guys in your age bracket that are starting to do the same thing or? Most of them <laughs> checked out a while ago. Oh, I'm yeah. the dumb ones hanging around. <laughs> there is a guy, and I'll, I'll say his name. His name is Rick Winter. Uh, I used to work with him in West Sac PD. He now is investigator for the state, but he's an ex Navy SEAL. Oh, he's damn. 51, and he's still doing it. And it's Ooh. hard for me to hang it up, and I'm watching him running it. And I mean, he's a badass. <laughs> he is an absolute badass, and I can't complain. You know, when I'm watching this guy do it, but That's I, awesome. my body is telling me. Hang it up, so, Brandon. You tell me when I'm when I'm taking over your. No, broadcast. you're fine. This but is good because because when I hear you talk about that, Pat, there's some things you and I just don't get a chance to talk about, even though we're we're really good friends. How does that tie into the fact that you're a cop? You say you your body's telling you not to run into twenty year olds on the football field. Well, having done a lot of ride alongs with you, I know a lot of who you interact with are twenty something year olds who are half your age and in great shape, and they may want to bow up on you. And how does that tie in? Wait, it doesn't. I still have the capability of running. I will absolutely run, and I will chase you down, and I will capture you, and we will, we will wrestle to the ground. I'll do my job. <laughs> but to play, you know, 48 minutes of football where you're actually taking an impact from other people, you're hitting, you're hitting on the turf, you're doing hard jogs and left continuously, uh, that's different. But run across a bad guy. If I ran across nine bad guys in a row on the same night, <laughs> I, I wouldn't make it. <laughs> so, but, uh, but, no, I can still do my job. But, yeah. So I, now I make you pay for a little bit more. I catch you. <laughs> so I pose a question on our uh, podcast Facebook group page because I usually solicit for some questions when I have guests on. And so I, I posted um, I posted a post, okay. and this is one of the questions. Um, they want to know uh, what your workout regimen is. Um, do you, since you since you said that you're only working out for Cabo, is there a difference between your daily regimen when, when you're doing your normal policing versus getting well, ready to show your beach bod? So my normal... I usually worked out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So that's what I try to do. I've never been a gym rat. I've, I mean, Rob's known me long enough. I've never been that shredded guy. I'm taking off my shirt and, you know, posing in the mirror. I try and stay in shape um, for all the physical stuff I do. I'm also, I'm an avid water skier. I'm an avid golfer. I'm an avid bowler. I like to stay limber and loose and be able to do the things that a guy my size shouldn't be doing. Um, <laughs> so my, um, and I hate to say it, I absolutely hate cardio. <laughs> Me too. Eight cardio. But Just do you, core. But you got to do something to keep your heart rate up. Yeah. Um, people know, that love, love cardio are sick in the head. They're, they're, they're like people that hate dogs. There's something wrong with them. <laughs> I never understood that. <laughs> I, I can say, so and I keep threatening to do it, is maybe get into mountain biking and head through the trails because that's a good challenge and you'd work out. Oh, I couldn't be a cyclist on the road. I can't stand them. <laughs> 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 but, uh, um, but you're a naturally big guy, though, right? I mean, because you're, if you're only working out three days a week-ish and you look like that, I mean, you got big old shoulders and big old arms. Well, the sad part is I'm not even doing that now. Ever since I took on the supervisor role, my administrative duties have gone through the roof. So I don't even have the time that I used to have. I'm putting in, you know, 
70 hours a week. Oh, damn. So, so I, you know, when I'm not out on the street supervising the guys on the street, I'm writing reviews, yielding complaints, <laughs> and the rest of the administrative stuff that my my boss puts on me. That doesn't sound like the fun part of being a cop. It's not the fun part. Be careful what you wish for. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, being a boss is not always glory. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, my paydays aren't bad, but in between, I'm getting worked. Mm-hmm. I'm As we sit here, I'm about four hours sleep. Oh, well, we won't keep you too long. I'm, I'm okay. I'm how just, how uh, how often are you on on the street versus doing your administrative work? Uh, I'm on the street four days a week, and yeah. then the administrative stuff doesn't stop. So <laughs> my girlfriend complains because I'm the, my phone's going off and we're at dinner, and you know, oh, damn. It, when you have the boss calling you, you kind of answer the boss. You probably know that. Oh, I do. I do. <laughs> There's well. no hours set on <laughs> some things. So uh, being a cop could be a pol- like a polarizing figure, especially in, in this time and age. Um, so Alicia has a question. I think she's married to a police officer, so she might. this might be a little specific, but uh, maybe you can shed some light. She says, uh, what do you think in your experience an average citizen's most erroneous perception of you when you're on shift or in uniform? For example, do they automatically assume you're mean or aggressive? And do you find that they are at, that, that after they interact with you, their, their perception has changed? Um, sorry for the nerdy question, but this was what her dissertation research was on. I think for me personally, I think the, uh, I have a command presence. So in uniform, in my vest with my belt on, I'm at 317, 318, 380 pounds. So I'm a pretty big guy. And I think they're expecting, uh, this mean guy, which I think Rob can attest. I can go either direction. I'm usually a pretty nice guy. I'm real empathetic to the public. I like, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a bitter Betty out here doing the job, but um, I think they'll find that I'm more empathetic and pretty much nicer than you would think. But if you escalate it to a different level, then I will meet you there. Do you ever get confronted by anybody who's like a self-proclaimed cop hater? No, not per se. I I can say that I'm pretty fortunate in my career for the people I've dealt with. Mainly, I think it's because of my size. Most people do not, they don't want to test where I'm going to go if you, if you go into <laughs> asshole mode, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to, cause I'll, I can get there and I'll meet you there and I'll raise you. Right. <laughs> but, um, but there's always, you know, the people with the cameras in the face and that, you know, the, the current climate is not the greatest. He yeah. is, he's, he is stunningly patient in the field and I, I've done ride alongs with him and, and just being his friend, I'm like, I'm not sure who this guy is sometimes because you, you are, you are stunning. Just amazingly patient, but he's right until when, and and it's the, whatever the, the when the perp says just the right thing, that which I think is usually four or five sentences ago that finally triggers you, Pat. You do you 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 when he like accuses you. I'm thinking of various people that I've watched you interact with. The guy we dubbed Snoop Dog once when when they accuse you uh, of like the I think it was him. He accused you of racially profiling him. Yeah. And for those that haven't figured it out yet, Pat happens to be African American, and Snoop Dog <laughs> it's just his name we came up because he looked like Snoop Dog was African American. And that was the moment where I saw you like what. What, what are you talking? And you you just like literally called him stupid, I think, in your own nice way. And I've I've had that before. And I had a stop recently where uh, these three uh, young black kids uh, um, accused me of profiling them. They were driving a, a sedan with a plate that had no tabs on it, <laughs> not like no stickers, not like expired, none. Uh-huh. Just the plate was on the back of the car. And when I ran the plate, it was expired in fourteen. Oh, jeez. And so you pulled me over because we're black. I'm like, no, I pulled you over because your whole car says stop me. You, you have a car. <laughs> and here's the sad part about it. He had the actual plates with the current tabs in the car. <laughs> and so after he's filming me and accusing me of all this stuff, I'm like, well, why didn't he's you? He's filming you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Him and his voice. This is just normal practice. This is because I searched the car. He gave oh. me consent to search his car. I searched his car, and, and, uh, uh, and then he said that he didn't give me consent and you know i'm going on youtube and all this stuff and and we found weed and open container of alcohol and all this different stuff in his vehicle and it's you know it's all my fault <laughs> and so i go hey if you don't want to get if you don't want the attention from the police quit breaking the law asshole <laughs> put the plate on the car that has the current registration on it it's, it's in the passenger seat yeah. dip i mean that was beyond he's just breaking the law like with the marijuana and stuff it's like he's got a sign on his car for a cop that says hey look at us check us out stop me please and it's not because of the color of their skin that's because that's, that's the, the the regardless of who's driving that's a red flag right away for stolen vehicles and felonies and all sorts of things it's right? actually a huge for stolen vehicles because what a lot of uh, 
the criminal element will steal the front plate off a current car and then put it on a stolen car. So when we see a, a tab with, with no with no tabs on it whatsoever, it looks like somebody took the front plate off. So we're gonna stop that automatically. Yeah. You've been on a, how many ride alongs with Pat so far? We've done a few, um, three or four. Yeah, and and you're due for another one. Yeah, I know. We we got to get out. There's been a lot going on in both of our lives, so we haven't hooked up. Mrs. Brandon has been threatening to go on a ride along with you as well. She is more than welcome to go. It's it's a it is some. I I I've said this on the regular show. I think if, if in, in Rob's world, where if I was king, everyone would be required to do one. Just to see, because back to that oh, question, yeah. I think it was Alicia that asked mm-hmm. the 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 perceptions that people have of cops. I don't know how, unless you're just so jaded that you can't have an open mind that you don't do a ride along and change something about what you think. The 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 often thing that I hear of, uh, well, why does it take eight cops to arrest two kids who are accused of stealing money on a train? It's like if you when you go out there and you see how it happens and how the calls come in, how much misinformation comes in while you're heading to a call, it it, it changes your whole perception and all that stuff that your your cop maybe not hating but not liking friends have always said to you go okay now i have an answer to all of them i want to go find them in high school and tell them why they, why they were stupid yeah i also think where it would help too is uh the general public so whenever it doesn't matter who you are whenever you call the cops that's the most important critical thing that's happening at that moment i, I wish people would come out and see how the calls come to us and how they get prioritized so you might be having a fight with your neighbor and it's just a verbal fight because uh you know he threw a melon over the fence or whatever mm-hmm. right and now you guys are you know mfing each other over the fence and you call the cops because you want him to go to jail we'll get that call but if another call comes in and somebody's waving a gun or waving a knife <laughs> or there's a domestic violence that's well your call goes to the stack you know goes to the back and we handle the priority calls first mm-hmm. so it might be two hours before we get to your house and then when you get there you throw your hands in there it took so fucking long to get here yeah and, and those are the people that'll get on facebook and say you cannot believe the police department taking so long just to get here to take care of right. me well, who can we trust i'll tell you in sacramento county there we'll sit there with 25 30 calls pending wow on a, on a busy night yeah, it's not first call first serve it's triage right exactly what it is. <laughs> and you're not understaffed right no well i mean it's you asked us, yeah, <laughs> understaffed. Yeah, but um, we're I think we're we're at the staffing level now where we're we're good and we're getting everything covered. But it's just the the volume of calls for service have increased. Is it getting worse as time goes on? Have you noticed in your in your span of your career? I I, I know this is a silly question because crime happens every day. But I mean, does it seem like it's getting worse? As, What's as time getting worse on? is I can tell you and this is not scientific but this is my own personal guess and i wouldn't bet that any other officer working in sacramento county will, will agree that about 75 percent of all the calls that come in are transient related really? so that's what's skyrocketing through there's trespassing somebody's got needles or they're all transient related but we spend a lot of time shooing people along because there's nothing you know it's a social problem it's not a big huge law enforcement issue and we can recite you know, give a citation for uh, standing on the the center median or near a gas station or near ATM for soliciting, but mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot we can do. We try to give them resources. Um, we have resource sheets. We have street sheets that we hand out to show all the county resources, but most of them don't exercise it because it has two criteria. You have to have ID and you have to be clean. Oh, yeah. And so I'll tell you that I haven't run across too many transients in my experiences that did not have a criminal history. Always drug-related. What about the the changes in the California law where they where they dumb down misdemeanors and, and I know it's a hot issue with every one of my law enforcement friends and they all say they all point to that as the other thing that's really changed their job. Well, Prop Forty Seven, Prop Fifty Seven. There's uh, the sheriff's associate uh, Sheriff Scott Jones put out a stat that showed the crime stat going through the roof once that law went into effect. It's just a revolving door now. You have. Um, where possession of methamphetamines, that type of a felony, it's just a misdemeanor. Um, breaking into a house, it's just a misdemeanor. I tell people that <laughs> if wow. somebody kicks in your front door, you come home and they're walking out the front door with your toaster, we call the cops, or you call the cops, we show up, they get a ticket. Unbelievable. They get a ticket for that. So, how How does that... How does that compute? I don't understand. And here's the reason why is because, unfortunately, most of the California voters don't read the bills that they sign. Okay. So Prop 47 was titled Safe Streets and Schools. That sounds like something I want to vote for. Yeah, it sounds good. Absolutely. I, who doesn't want I'll safe streets and schools? That. Yes. Yeah. And what that was. Hate kids? Was, nope. <laughs> it was the de- decriminalization of a whole bunch of felonies, which mm. made it 
uh, impossible to put people in jail and keep them in jail. We have our system's broken. There's no doubt about it. And we're doing the best we can as far as the street level cop. We're doing all we can with the tools we have. And it's another reason to go on a ride along and, and mm. you know, find out exactly what you have to go through. Yeah. We, you know, we stop a guy who, you know, petty theft and he's got all this methamphetamines on him, right? And it's just, he needs to be off the street. No, he doesn't get off the street. He gets a ticket. He goes to court or doesn't go to court nine times out of 10. Mm-hmm. Then he has a warrant. Take him to jail for his warrant. They go another court date and out the back door. All this time he's on the street still. Did you work the fair this year? Because you've got some wild fair stories from the I past. did work the fair this year. Um, I haven't gotten any texts from you. A couple, it was a couple, was it two or three years ago? It was like, oh man, I'm work. I've got called in. I'm working the fair. They're busting gang members in. I'm like, oh my God. What's is is really you know, that bad at the fair? The fair used to be that bad. I'll tell you, um, this year, last year and this year um, was probably one of the better years of the fair. Um, they changed things tactically. The first day and the last day are usually the worst days of the fair. And so I worked both those days. Um, and other than a couple of fights here and there, which is going to happen, there's nothing you can stop that. The booze. And the <laughs> we had uh, no major no major incidents at the fair. We That's great. shut the gates down early. We moved some barricades out, which kind of stopped the people from congregating at the main gate, at the loop there. Um, and we got everybody out, and we were done by midnight. So it was. I actually don't have any bad stories to tell you <laughs> from the fair this year. But what has happened at the fair that is considered bad? I mean, I, I can't think of anything. Was there really bad gang relation what, what, activity uh, there? Wasn't there that year they were busting up from the Bay Area just to cause trouble? So they, not just to cause trouble. I, I, and I don't remember the group, and I don't want to um, put it out there, but they were busing in inner city kids from the Bay Area, and they would bum rush the Midway. So on the last day, where the if you're familiar with Cal Expo, one side has all the food and the exhibits and so on. They shut that down around ten, but the midway stays up until midnight mm-hmm. on the last day. So everybody floods over there, and it's all teenager kids. It's not too many adults. I'll I'll, I'll blame all the kids, <laughs> all these badass kids with parents that don't 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 spank them. But uh, <laughs> uh fights just swarms you can you can watch you can sit we'd sit back and watch it like a school of fish and you just see the swarm go and then they'd all run this way and there's a big old fight and then we'd have to go there and try and mediate it and and we were going out there and literally tossing people out i was telling my officers like hey on the last day stretch because <laughs> two years ago i was hands-on literally from eight to midnight throwing wow. people out literally twisting people up and, and and throwing them out the gate getting the troublemakers out and it didn't stop in that much time on your feet and on the asphalt and throw, throwing heat. a few blows as well when you have to and, and yeah you know what i'll i'll say that we, no we no. don't throw blows now again this is kids so you're basically just getting troublemakers out and if they if they they start fighting then we give them a control hold and mm-hmm. and and kind of diffuse the situation so get, dodging blows if they get out yeah. of control jeez yeah and it's just the kids of today can you say what the worst encounter you've ever been in before are you, are you willing to relive it? Uh, <laughs> the, the worst encounter or the worst thing I've seen? Mm. Well, I mean... Which, what, what, what are you comfortable talking about? Yeah. Uh, the worst thing I've seen was... Uh, and I was riding with somebody else, and we were the first on scene from a guy who took his own life with a thirty thirty deer rifle in his mouth. Oh man, he was the top half of his head was off, and he was actually still pumping out when we got there. Oh my god! So that'll do it. That was uh, you'll never forget that one. No. And you'll never forget the smell of large amounts of blood pulled up. Yeah. Oh. It has a unique metallic smell to it. Other than the obvious, every time you put on a uniform, what any imminent uh, brushes with death or real danger or. I mean, real danger, that's a stupid follow-up. You know what I mean. None that, could, that comes to mind. There's There's been many instances where a critical incident happened in a foot chase or a fight or something was happening, and then you go home and lay in bed, and you're like, fuck, I could have died. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, it's kind of that moment. Um, See, I get that, that. A lot of my cop friends, they'll they'll say, like, no, not really. And then you're out there with them or you hear the story, and from our standpoint – it's like, my God, yes, three days this week you had what we would call a life and death incident, but it's like baseline for you. Some Desensitized. Of yeah. And 
I put it back on the standards in which California puts on the peace officers. The training that we have is amazing, especially in Sacramento County. I'd say that's, um, you know, my main exposure is here in Sacramento County, but the officers here in Sacramento County and the training and the standards that are required here are amazing. And some of the stuff that, that gets hammered into me that I was just, I hated is the stuff that comes automatic and can save your life. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, I remember being in a pursuit recently and in my mind, I'm thinking like, it's just crazy because the person was blowing through. They were going 100 miles an hour through intersections that were red and didn't even care and didn't even touch the brakes. And I'm like, this, is, this shit's crazy. And then I'm talking to the officers afterwards. They go, was my my transmission already okay? Dude, you sounded dead calm. <laughs> wow. and in my mind, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't take you as a hothead at all. Not at all. Bowl with them. <laughs> it all changes. <laughs> So you say that uh, you've got through some extensive training to be to be a cop, and, and they're pretty strict in Sacramento County. Um, how how strict was Rob in his training to become the security <laughs> chief of the Rad Show? Rob, he doesn't have any training. Rob, it's a trust thing with Rob. Yeah, and, and I think you you know well enough. And Rob's a great guy, super generous, and and uh, he's a little bit different off there than he is on there. But he has this circle of trust, and there's people that he trusts. And once you get in that circle. Trust, then I should probably talk towards the mic. Um, <laughs> once you get in that circle of trust, then uh, then you're good to go with him. And he knows I've never done anything to violate trust, and he's you know, one of my best friends. It, it, who's the most high maintenance of the Rad Show since you've been security chief? <laughs> um, Say Dawn, she's not here. Say Dawn, she's not here. <laughs> Actually, the the current members of the show are not. Is a former member of the show is probably the highest maintenance. Oh, okay. It's probably me though now that I am the one that's like demanding. Okay, can you be here on this day? Make sure you're. Yeah, here I hear this from you time. more now. Yeah. yeah, well, you're, you're the kind of the, the puppeteer in the in the in the circus. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't even think in, it, we we never actually answered your initial question of how or why he became. It was oh, all, yeah. it, it was all kind of like it all matched up together in that we started to get, uh, uh popular enough and and we were doing enough in public at a time when the world was starting to get really weird. And I was feeling a little bit of a liability, sort of like, we got to do something. And it's right around that time, Pat and I are starting to connect, and we're making this instant connection. And I think I kind of phrased it to you, sort of like, hey, do you know? And I already knew you did what, what, what do you call it, high profile? or uh, you had, you, You've done in the yeah, past. Dignitary protection. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Ooh, so that I was, sounds nice. Yeah, and I was, so I was hoping the answer was going to be, yeah, I know somebody. You're talking to him. And that was basically what yeah. you said when I, when I brought up. And that's how we just yeah, started. Yeah, I think the weird things were happening at the show at the time. Yeah. We are getting emails and, and all kinds of stuff yeah the so world weird trans is weird just starting to melt down yeah. and and it's never stopped since then yeah. I, I gotta be honest i'm very grateful for you being there <laughs> especially in in the after the the colorado uh theater shooting i've always gone into like movie theaters public places with an exit strategy in mind i'm not that kooky where i'm like okay keeping an eye out but i'm you're definitely much more alert so to have you there has always been very comforting i think everybody a different world should now. live that way you should always have an exit tragic you never know i mean crazy stuff's happening all the time you never know what person it seems mental illness seems to be on a rise and you never know when you're gonna be faced with that situation i like being there for you guys and helping you guys out you guys have a great show obviously the number one rated show and i want you guys to be able to relax and do what you do with the public and let me worry about your safety, so it's easy. As much as it looks like I'm sitting with my arms crossed, <laughs> eating turkey sandwiches, eating sandwiches and stuff. <laughs> well, you know, I don't, I don't miss anything. Yeah. I think you know that. Uh, well, yeah, the the trust and training thing. I mean, I've had people, I've had listeners, I've had uh, like associates of, of of events or whatever at times say, "Hey, your guy is not," and 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 I don't even look over. I'm like. Trust me, he's got it, and I mean that. I'm mm -hmm. not just being protective of Pat. Now I'll I'll rib Pat now and then, like you know, somebody uh, at one of our recent events, somebody w was doing something or saying something. I said something. I looked over. I go, "Hey, Pat, she can have a knife," and you're like posing for pictures <laughs> with two girls. I know he's got it, yeah. I, and, and who can tell him how to do his job? Of course, Jesus. I mean, that goes also to the pre-planning, which we've uh... oh uh oh uh oh five oh. <laughs> what was that? Is that your well, ringtone? My, my phone. Where's it at? <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> oh, but do, it, do you need to go? It's the boss. Is it? Really? Oh, man. Hey, hey, boss. I'm doing a radio show right now. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Is this something pressing or can I call you back? The, yeah, they're on time cards are on your desk. Okay. All right. Hey, you too. Car keys are in your left pocket. 
See, this shit doesn't end. That's my point. My, my, my point. <laughs> what are you looking at me for? Let's oh, see where we're at. You, Pat, Pat, you Pat, ribbing Pat, me on protecting? That's looking at me like it's my show or something. Yeah. <laughs> so back to uh, back to the Facebook uh, questions. Gina asks, are you single and can I be on your bowling team? Oh, I'm way better than Rob. Uh, seriously, thanks for your service. And my kids still talk about the giant guy with Rad in front of Smoke Junction. Well, I can tell you that uh, I was single for a while, and Rob and I have talked about that. And dating after 40 is the most difficult thing I've ever dealt with in my entire life. I remember you scrolling through Plenty of Fish a couple of times on a couple of events. <laughs> yeah, I, I renamed it. It's not really Plenty of Fish anymore. It's what is it? Plenty of Junk. <laughs> um but, you know, I, I can say that on a single site, I met my current girlfriend, who's the most wonderful woman I've ever met in my entire life. I'm pretty much sure she's it. Right on. I'll say that on the radio show. I, it's She's amazing. I'll so, send her an audio clip of this. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so, sorry, Gina, I am not single. Oh, that's okay. You, you do want to clear up, though, that she's not welcome on the bowling team. Right? And, yeah, and no, only? <laughs> well... <laughs> As much as I may be the top bowler on a bowling team, Rob dictates who goes on it. He only wants to hang out with certain people. <laughs> well, it, well, like you were talking about, too, is about the, earlier when we were talking about bowling, the, the, there's a level of seriousness, but we're there to have fun, and we're there also to hang out with guys and guy friends. And uh, unfortunately, to your question, Brando, all the leagues now basically are uh, are mixed. So we're, really? We're, and, and it's not that the women aren't m- – many of them aren't good enough. It's just, we just, I don't, I'm not going to speak for that. I don't want them around. You know, it's the thing we talk about on the air. That guys we, club. Women still need places to go where they're with women, and men need places where they hang out with men, and they don't, they're not afraid about what they talk about. And But, yeah, no, we, we have women around us in our leagues now. Well, I mean, it's, you know, I can say another relationship. We have our, you know, <laughs> you guys all know, you have your time with your women, right? We spend all a lot of, our majority of our free time with our women. Well, you want to be able to go away and just talk shit, right? Mm-hmm. Just Scratch your balls. Scratch your balls, fart, belch, <laughs> you know, talk about tits or whatever. And then if there's, you know, women present, you, we as gentlemen are respectful and mindful of that so we can't really be free. But I think that's kind of... And it's, it, we haven't bowled yet, and I, I'm not suggesting it's going to be impactful here in bowling league this fall, but since this whole Me Too thing and now everyone's afraid of everything they say, mm-hmm. who knows? You get the one psycho. Because actually the chicks that are in the league, as like, far as I can tell, they're... They're they're fine. They're cool. They know what they're walking into. It just takes one though. You never that know. That overhears the wrong thing, and God knows it'll be patting me that they hear. Oh, it's all. It's usually me. Jesus. <laughs> You've been seeing all these guys that 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 are coming out in interviews and saying, "I'm scared to be around women now. I can't. I don't know what, uh, if I can say the right things." And a lot of the times, the guys that are being interviewed are are the creepy ones that, if they're asking themselves, <laughs> "Am I am I really going to be offending this girl?" They're probably going to offend them. But you know, it, you never know. I know you're a big music fan you you're you love going to cabo to watch uh uh sammy hagar but you're also a drummer right i am a drummer yeah how long have you been drumming well as long as i've been bowling yeah yeah since you were five yeah so my dad um was an organ player he played the hammond b3 organ my parents actually met while my dad was gigging so um, some of my history my dad was military yeah, my mom was not, but my dad w- uh, was a working musician, played the NCO clubs, and my mom and her sister were partying at the NCO club back in the 60s and met my dad. So that's how my parents met. So I grew up with garage bands in my house from when I was a kid on. So I was influenced by that. So I sat out there and, and everyone, I, every time the drummer would leave his drum kit in the garage mm-hmm. for the next one. I'll go out there with spoons because they always took their drums. <laughs> Pissed me off. So I'd go out with my mom's wooden spoons and just go out and be on the drums and that I just had a passion for that. I always have. It's so funny that you bring up the, the drummers leaving the drums behind. I, we, I was, I grew up in a similar situation, but we, my family had a large barn that we basically rented out to a polka band that would have rehearsal twice a week and they'd always leave their their drums set up and they always took their drumsticks and I always wanted to play the drums so I grabbed these like they were just pieces of wood like that I found in the in the shop and they weren't drumsticks they were doing damage to the drums oh, no. and I was doing it long enough that the guy actually complained to my parents he's like what what's going on with my drum set so my parents had to pay for all these new drum heads that I busted up because I wanted to play the drum so bad well I never understood the concept of leaving your thousands of dollars of drum set you know, drum set behind in somebody's garage but you take the 20 dollars sticks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't want to lose those 
You have, you have, so I don't know, would you call it a passion or an interest? Cause it, it, on the car front, you're an on again, off again Corvette guy like me. And I know that you're like constantly looking, hey man, have you seen the new model? It, which is your level the same as mine? Like you just like to drive them or how, how into cars are you? Well, I'm huge into cars. Yeah. I'm huge into Corvettes. I've always been the Corvettes, but the problem, I'm, but I'm bound by my pocketbook. <laughs> <laughs> so i have and i've also have a huge passion for four-door rear-wheel drive v8 sedans <laughs> i've had two chrysler 300s had one chrysler 300 srt8 which is a 425 horsepower model and currently i'm driving a cadillac ctsv which is 560 horsepower and you look Damn. exactly like you belong in that thing <laughs> it, it is so funny it is the most ridiculous car ever made <laughs> i know the new one's even faster but it is dumb somebody basically took a mid-sized camry <laughs> and slammed this corvette z06 motor in it and said hang on it's the first car that i've had with my driving and i i i'm actually our evo constructor at um with my agency that's the only car I've ever driven where I have to leave the traction control on and all the stability programs. Drive rates, that car will absolutely get away from you. It's insane. Wow. And then gadgets. You love gadgets. You're into technology. I know part of it's being a cop and and the surveillance stuff, but, man, you're into tech a lot. Yeah, I'm a techno geek. Um, yeah, it's something that you know, Tech 2 would probably love. My whole house <laughs> is automated. Um, me and Alexa are pretty tight. Amazon. That's awesome. Yeah, she she runs my TV, my lights. My I don't I don't have patience for that. Like I I just I want to do everything on my own. I know it's all automated, and I know you just say something, but it's that step from not being automated to being automated and setting everything up that just I just want it to be done. Well, I've, I've always had the aptitude for tearing things apart and electronics. Um, that goes back to being a kid as well. I don't know if you're just born with it or or what happens. I can. I just told a story recently. I was wiring stereos back when I was probably eight. So this is the, I'll tell you this quick story. So I, I had some stereo system that had a cassette player and I had two speakers with 20 feet of speaker wire. My sister, who was five, had just started sleeping with her lights out and the door closed in her room. And my mom is a huge uh, Halloween person. So back mm -hmm. in the time, we had a cassette of... Oh. Halloween noises, the scary sounds, yeah. <laughs> scary sounds. So, oh no! I took a speaker and wired it under my sister's bed, and actually tucked the wiring on the baseboard around the corner into my room. That's awesome. So she went to bed one night. Turned the light off. I waited about fifteen minutes for her to get to bed and hit play, Ooh. and I heard what sounded like someone hit the ceiling, and my sister bailing out of the room, and my mom, who has the exact same. Uh, sense of humor me was yelling at me and smiling and laughing <laughs> and don't you do that again so my that started a long time ago and then i did um prior to the the sheriff's academy i was at comcast cable for 18 years so i was wiring cable and i was there when high speed internet first came on board and so i've kind of i've always had the aptitude to that i own my own um home theater and car audio uh, company for a little bit until uh, the big guys took over, you know, I'm kind of like Rob. If it's not worth, if I'm not getting a whole bunch of money. It's not worth it. You can mm -hmm. still do it, but you're just making a little bit of money. You're not going to compete with the big guys. Do you do it for buddies? I still do it. <laughs> okay, asking well, for a friend. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Rob was recently asking mm -hmm. me about you know security for his own house. You know, mm -hmm. I have cameras my house is ridiculous so. yeah and and, then, and when we went to your house on the last ride along back to brandon about setting everything up, i mean you have it already tricked out you walk in and right away you're like alexa do this alexa do that and i'm like and i hadn't hadn't seen anybody yet and he's got the tv going and changing the channel and the lights are on and lights are in the other bedroom and he turns on the drum room uh, lights and i'm like where the are you it's funny uh <laughs> it sounds after i do it it sounds cheesy but i remember having a date over um, before my girlfriend and we're sitting on the couch and I go, oh, you want to watch a movie? I'm Alexa, theater lights on. Start movie. <laughs> she looks at me like, really? I'm like, yeah. It all goes. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, look at me. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> uh, Alexa, play Barry White. <laughs> Alexa, start fire. <laughs> Alexa, bring, you know, bring champagne. Yeah, that's the only thing that's missing, right? <laughs> yeah. That bitch needs to bring you your actual drinks. Yeah. And we're she, set. Could, she could pour my scotch, boy. <laughs> sold. I'm done. How are the dogs? Dogs are doing good. You know, Jackson's my boy, and he is getting long in the tooth. It's Both labs, right? Both labs. A, a yellow and a, and a black. All um, labs matter. <laughs> yep. And uh, he is, um, he's 
still has the mind of a six month old, but his body is telling him it's kind of like me. <laughs> it's just like me. Twelve or he's thirteen. Thirteen. Geez. Oh, wow. Yeah. Getting up there. Yep. And I'm I'm waiting to you know come mm-hmm. when I put him in the backyard and I'm waiting for the day that he doesn't come to the door with everybody else. Oh. You know, with, with, but but he's still going. So I don't know. Yeah, he and he and Nelly, my German Shepherd, they're kind of they're they're hanging on, and yeah. and they're as spry as ever. So, yeah, yeah, because we yeah when we stopped by your house, that was only a few months ago. I mean, man, they were they were both nuts. How old's the other one? The other one's eight. Yeah, and so they were they well, were eight year old. You can't tell that guy jumps up in the truck and <laughs> biting at the water, and he's he's nuts. I don't know when he's gonna slow down, but you get him um, to the lake or water, you can even tell he's an old dog. He's, That's awesome. He loves water, still swims. You can tell when he's chasing the ball because. His body just won't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, and the the dog, the animal, other animals in the house will know too when when they start seeing the signs that that the old one's going going out. I I just know this from experience because I just recently put down one of my dogs from a similar age age issue, and she wasn't coming back in after I let her out, and you know it was getting to that point. But the whole house of animals just they kind of knew, and it was almost like they were kind of on edge a lot. Yeah, I wonder how it's going to be because it's just me and the two dogs. So how the other black lab would be when it's just him and I? Because oh, yeah. they they buddy up. They are they are brothers. Don't you don't you think? Not that it's the old uh, you know you buy your you buy your kid a puppy when when your dog dies. Don't you don't think you'll get another one when uh, when it's time? You know I don't know. I will at some point. And I'm trying to decide what breed. Um, I want a shepherd, <laughs> but the hair sucks mm-hmm. on a shepherd You're telling me and i actually like i actually like rottweilers because they're kind of like a lab but oh. they'll chew people's faces off <laughs> they're so awesome i kind of yeah. enjoy that they are great but my girlfriend's against the, <laughs> the rot but um we'll uh we'll see but right now my work schedule it's not very fair to the animals so i'd probably hold yeah. off until things kind of settle down especially a puppy yeah and yep. training it and everything yep. yeah you're right well, we're, we're shopping around we're doing the same thing um now that we're down a dog we have one <laughs> dog and five cats so we need to get back up there to zoo status um, <laughs> five cats yeah yeah jesus yeah it's a long story um donna, but, donna doesn't take care of any of those for you yeah. oh she'll she, <laughs> she sits outside their house with the motor running and she's waiting for him to get out she's waiting for her opportunity yeah uh we're we're looking for we're, we're doing we're kind of doing the same dance if we're gonna get another dog we're gonna have some more property we want to get it from puppy we want to get pick of the litter we want to make sure that we get it from a, a proper breeder because we've we've done too many rescues now that we're, we're kind of tired of getting troubled animals and, and we want to work yeah we want we want to we want the we don't mind the work we love the work it's it's totally worth it but we want to start fresh clean slate's nice yeah yeah i've never done it before so it's one of those things that you just got and i had neither jackson was the first dog that i bought from the breeder got him picked him out waited till he's eight weeks brought him home and then i was in a 10-year relationship that dog's been through everything Mm. with me Mm -hmm. and that dog has not left my side Mm. in his 13 years and so that's why it's going to be i'm going to turn into a blubbering mess i'll probably be calling rob what do you do (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm on the ground Uh, i'm I'm snuggling a dead dog Mm, been there been there oh yeah Mm. so i I don't know i'm not just i i usually pretty good at keeping my emotions in check and i think the dog my dad was one and the dog would be the second one yeah and always do it Absolutely. Uh, you know what? One other thing, my daughter. I forgot. Like, <laughs> oh, one other thing. Well, okay. no, because it remind me of it. Because I've always, again, I've always been. That would caught me off guard. So I have an older daughter. I had a, a child when I was real young. So I have a 27 year old daughter, and she got married three years ago. And oh, so wow. when I went, I flew out. Your daughter is my wife's age. Jesus. <laughs> I didn't think about that until right now. <laughs> wow. I, I did not make that connection. <laughs> I didn't either. That's alarming. Well, I had her when I was, uh, you know. Four. Well, okay, great. All right, now it's all better then. But anyway, uh, went to her wedding, and uh, it was a beautiful wedding. But then they did the daddy-daughter dance. Uh oh. And then just looking at her with her hair all done, just looking oh. all beautiful, looking at her eyes, and I just uh, lost my oh. shit. What was the song? Do you remember? Nope. No. All I remember Blacked is out. losing my shit. She's wiping my eyes. The cameras. Everybody thinks it's a great moment, and I'm like, I, I can't even control it. I, I'm trying to. I got it, and I'm dying. It's it. It didn't work. Start confiscating cell phones. Out <laughs> yeah. Of that. Give me that goddamn thing. Erase. Delete. Delete. Well, the problem is, is that you know she lived in Montana, so three fourths the crowd I didn't know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> See ya. So yeah, that was yeah. 
Well, oh, that, that, that's very sweet. You wouldn't you wouldn't think of you as be a big cream puff like that. Yeah, he knows I can be. Yeah, yeah. he can be. It's in there. That's cool. I just, it, it's buried. <laughs> it comes to surface every once in a while. The problem is I spend all my time working, so you know. When I put on the uniform, game face goes on, things change. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of it is that stereotype. You know, we always like to stereotype millennials. So you can do it in reverse. We're both Gen X. And I th- I think, in terms of stereotypes, we're maybe the last of that breed of men that we're taught that it stays. Oh, my it dad buried it. Stays buried. Oh, yeah. God. And then we were taught together. that's the right thing to do. And and, and, key, and and as we grew some along the way, we were told, okay, you can show some emotions. But I think, I mean, we, we're we just there. That's how we're raised, man. Is that's how my buried. dad was. As much as I said I wasn't going to be like my dad, I turned into my dad. <laughs> so my dad was, you know, I remember went to Vietnam. He was in Vietnam when I was born. I'm actually named after my dad because my mom didn't think he was coming back. Jeez, wow. Um, and so I know that he saw stuff. My mom told me he, she came and dragged out of him. So I just learned to stuff things down from him, and that's why I'm very much char- characteristic of my dad. If I get super pissed, I get really quiet. Yep. Mm. And that's when you just just leave <laughs> push, push away from yeah. the table when he's having a bad night at bowling and he's suddenly not talking and buried in his phone it's like i'm just gonna step over here for a few moments let him have a few frames to figure this out that a, yeah that's a bomb that's waiting to explode yeah. I've, I've, I've gotten very good at controlling it but there's 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 been a couple instances in my life where it, yeah. i lost it well again i hope i'm never on that end of the stick you wouldn't be on the end of the stick you there's plenty of warning signs and, I, and i'm and i'm the quick one like I'll, I'll like walk away. Yeah, I'm asking you, I'm begging you <laughs> to walk away and leave me alone. Good and to if, know. if I get to that level and you see in my face, I'm dead serious. I'm asking you to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> do not, do not poke the bear. I'm on the verge of breaking everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you, Pat. I think that I think that'll do it for us today. All right. Well, it's a pleasure being here. Yeah, I appreciate it. You thank me. No, oh, you yeah. introduced me in the beginning, and you don't thank me at the end. I thank swear. you, Rob, for being here. <laughs> I have to be needy, man. <laughs> thanks, Rob. It was, it was great hanging out. Oh yeah, thanks, Pat. Yeah, nice seeing you. Thanks for doing this. Well, I don't see you all summer because you don't bowl. No, I and don't. We haven't golfed in a couple of weeks. So, well, sorry, I was moving into a home. Whatever. Apologize. That was, that was like so three weeks ago. Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'll see you soon. Thanks a lot for doing this, man. Hey, no problem. Thanks, Brando. Thanks, thanks Rob. Man. The Brad. Broadcast.